Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start, Start saving, saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Hey, Ben. Wow, we're jet-lagged, but we took an Amtrak. <laughs> we're back from Washington, D.C. We had a great weekend. We performed at the D.C. Improv. The fans were incredible. Thank you so much for coming out to watch the last podcast on the left live. And then we had a great privilege and honor to perform at the Lincoln Theater. He died for that. <laughs> and my God, did we make Mr. Lincoln former uh, President Lincoln proud. We really did. We showed a lot of balls. We showed human testicles, <laughs> and uh, we just had some of the funnest uh, exchanges with the audience that you could ever imagine. So uh, thank you, uh, Benson Ball. What a great weekend we had. Yes. Um, my goodness. Washington, D.C. Uh, Halloween. Holy hell. They go for it. The only thing more horrifying than what happens in the basement of Congress <laughs> happens on the streets of uh, Washington, D.C. during Halloween. I saw a woman, multiple women, vomiting at 4 p.m. I was, <laughs> I felt like I was right back in Wisconsin. And the Packers had just lost, you know? Uh, so that was a wonderful experience. Thanks so much for everyone who came out. And, uh, my God, all these live shows. It's so fun uh, and incredible to meet everyone. Uh, wonderful people. Um, all right, so holy hell, seven days. <laughs> That's how many days away we are from the election. I can't believe it. November 8th is right around the corner. It has been a year and a half, just over a year and a half long process. It is horrific. It does remind me of that horror film, The Ring. The young girl, she's soaking wet. <laughs> I don't know why. She's always just wet. It's because she's coming out of a well. I know, but, you know, dry off just a touch. <laughs> That's what I do. My roommates hate me because I don't dry off in the shower. What I do you just kind of dry off on the way to my bedroom. No, that just means you get out wet and just yeah. leave a long slime trail all the way to your bedroom. And I look at them every time I see them in the kitchen watching a movie, and I say, seven days, <laughs> seven days. Uh, and uh, it terrifies them, and that's how many days we are away now from this election. We watched the horrific tape, and now we have seven days. Hopefully we can figure out something by the end of these seven days to avoid our inevitable doom. Yes. Maybe we could try to resuscitate Dwight Eisenhower. <laughs> Is that possible? Dig him up! <laughs> Dig him up. Um, we could go into polls and things like that in this episode, but we decided you can look at those yourselves, and I don't. I don't know what to believe. I feel like we're being gaslit. Uh, we've been gaslit the past year and a half. I, you know, I feel like um, Black Mirror. Mm -hmm. If you watch episode two of the recent season three of season three right now, there's a scene. Uh, did you watch it yet, Marcus? Mm -mm. 
it's it's pretty fun basically they they make this man he he lives in a video game he doesn't know what's real what's fake uh he doesn't know if he's uh you know truly getting stabbed in the heart or if he's just sitting in a uh, in a random conference room uh, attached to a machine i feel like that's what we're going through right now yeah. i don't know what's real i don't know what's actually happening the polls are all over the place and again major news networks they want to keep the drama high mm-hmm. and in order to do that like all good reality shows you reveal what you want the audience to see, but in reality, we don't see the truth. <laughs> we have no idea what's happening. No idea. So no check, idea. Out the, check out the polls for yourself. They change every day. And, of course, the Comey email situation. This is like I, I spoke with Marcus about it on Friday as soon as it happened. Marcus was, I'm going to say, more reasonable than I was uh, <laughs> during that conversation. I thought it might be a massive reveal. It seems to me at this point the biggest person taking a hit is Comey himself. Yeah, The exactly. FBI director, yeah. of course. No, I, I will, you had your Fox News glasses on just a little bit on Friday. Hey, the future's so bright. <laughs> you know, why not? It was a big deal. I mean, you know, she... Politically, her, it was a big deal. Yes, but I mean, of course, yeah. now... Uh, going back, just just to reference some polls, it doesn't seem like much of a shift happened with Hillary Clinton. I think people are so over the damn thing, and um, and yeah, again, Comey himself is the one who is really getting a lot of retribution. Ironically, the Democrats really liked him mm-hmm. when he chose not to indict Hillary Clinton, and now that he sent this strangely worded letter to uh, to Congress, the whole thing was is very baffling, extremely vague, but under the guise of uh, of transparency. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I don't really understand how uh it was just confusing and i think it's confusing everybody right now yeah um so we could get into that but quite frankly there's no way even if the fbi would reopen an investigation there's no way it's done in seven days yeah so it doesn't matter and i do love that just somehow anthony weiner found a way to stick it into this election he did and i like you saying (laughs) stick it in to this election something anthony weiner never actually did he wanted to stick it in and he told a lot of people via text that he did i don't know if he really did want to stick it in i don't think he did you think he was terrified he might be one of those like terrified of germs people (laughs) and that's why he loves internet interactions so much specifically of a sexual uh you know specifically sexually god to be in the long dark tea time of the soul of anthony weiner can you imagine the dark (laughs) midnight to 3 a.m you know after after 3 a.m., you can sort of pretend like, I could get up now. I have to be up at 6. Yeah. That makes a little bit of sense. I can watch the morning news. Midnight to 3 a.m. Those are the darkest three hours of the day. Alone. Alone. Uma is not talking to him. No, she's not. So I, I hope he's staying at a buddy's place. Oh, my God. I really God. hope he is. I'm sure that, I mean, at this point, I hope he's staying with some college kids just having the time of his life. Because that's what Anthony Weiner needs to pull a Rodney Dangerfield and go back to school. Just redo it. You know, just re restart the game and just get back to college and have the time of your life. He would do great with women. He's a cool guy. Beanbag toss. He's so fun to play beanbag toss with. If you watch the documentary Weiner, you do see the, the, the human side of him, the, the political savvy. He was so fun in the parade scenes he's Ugh. running around i mean the energy was was you know you could see it you know uh coming off of him like stink lines from a peanuts cartoon <laughs> and and then of course they cut to bill de blasio just walking slowly ho-hum <laughs> but of course he wasn't a serial sexter so he was able to become mayor which is really the bar that we've set now for politicians are you a sexual criminal you're not you're mayor <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, I was saying this uh, on the train back from D.C. in a perfect world. Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton would have been president for the last eight years. Barack Obama would be running right now, and Anthony Weiner would be mayor of New York City. That is your perfect world. That I is just my, want to clarify. That is and my, that's many people's perfect world. And not even a perfect world. I just think that would have been a better world, you know? But well, I, I think things would have gone a lot smoother over the last eight years yeah. uh, if that would have been the case. In a perfect world, Newt Gingrich wins the nomination in 2012, and we are on the moon! <laughs> All I wanted was the damn moon colony. The only good thing Newt Gingrich ever thought was about this moon colony. And Elon Musk can't even get off the ground to go to Mars. Forget Mars. We got a beautiful home in the moon. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Whatever. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, we'll... Uh, follow all that information. It's all going to play into uh, what happens here in seven days, <laughs> and, and we'll see if there really is, uh, you know, a massive fallout. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't see the poll at this point. I think people are fairly solidified in their views, yeah. And I don't see these um, recent, uh, you know, the, the recent uh, email releases um, is the is the largest deal on the face of the planet. If anything, I mean. Like Bernie said, enough with the damn emails. Yeah. Um, at that point, people were exhausted from them, and I think uh, by them, and I think people have continued that the the ex the trend of exhaustion of the email scandal from the email scandal has continued. I mean, we've I don't know if even last time it didn't seem that we were in such a whatever mood that we are in now. Like right now, it seems like the American people are kind of in like whatever, just get it done. Just get it let's done. just get it done. Let's just do it. And get yes. it over with. That's it. My back is breaking. I feel like, um, you know, if you ever watch The World's Strongest Man, they have to carry those big boulders. Yeah. And uh, and there's always a moment where the guy can set the world record if he just goes three inches further and he just drops the boulder. And you're like, what happened? His back is sore. His knees are breaking. There just comes a time where you can't any longer. Yeah. And I think seven days from now <laughs> is that that is the that is the, we are in overtime. Yeah. People, are, this is the fourth quarter. If you ever had if you ever had to do football practice or. Uh wrestling such as myself it was like you would finish the practice or what you thought would be a finish to a practice and then like uh like in rob zombies halloween michael myers rises again and, <laughs> and the coach is like fourth quarter overtime and then you have another 20 minutes of running to do and yeah. then you end up vomiting on the streets like all the girls i saw in washington dc over this halloween uh, yeah. weekend america's definitely running 40s right now oh we are and my side is hurting i'm debating faking an injury which i did regularly to get out of football practice in real life. I had a hangnail that kept me out for a week. <laughs> That's, that is an exaggeration, but not that far, not that of, far. An, not that far of an exaggeration. Um, all right. So let's see. In this... Um, uh, on this episode, we wanted to talk about some of the other issues that are a little bit more under the radar. There's a great article. It was written by Politico by uh, a fellow named Taylor G. and Zach Stanton. Uh, it's called 33 Things This Election Will Decide That Have Nothing to Do With Trump or Hillary. And I'm sure our audience is more than thrilled to not discuss <laughs> Trump or Hillary for the next hour or so. Um, so these are 33 things. We won't hit all of them, but there's some interesting uh, things happening on these ballots. These are ballot initiatives, and this is where we talk about it on a regular basis. Democracy can actually still be obtained. Yeah. This is where democracy matters. This is why going going to the polls matter. I do want to thank everyone who wrote in, Marcus, myself, and even Henry Zabrowski. Uh, technically, you did waste a vote, but what a wasted <laughs> vote it was. And uh, the votes that matter the most are on these ballot initiatives, so it doesn't matter if you write us in, um, you know, especially in, in, in the vast majority of states you can write in 
you know, your favorite brand of peanut butter and, and nothing will change. But these ballot initiatives are important. Yeah, these are the things that change your life. Uh, this, this is it. And yeah. this, this is this is a, this affects your job. This affects your livelihood. This affects your everyday living. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and there's a lot of ballot initiatives out there uh, that are oddly worded. A lot of ballot initiatives yes. that are uh, worded that to make it sound like they are for the exact opposite of what they actually are for. Yes, I referenced net neutrality before the show on its face. You want, Net neutrality sounds Sounds great. Why wouldn't you want net neutrality, a freer internet? Of course, it is the verbiage, and it's it is downright, Marcus, trickery. <laughs> it is. It is trickery. Yeah, the biggest one right now uh, that I think people are trying to get the word out about is uh, the uh, solar power amendment that's happening in Florida right now. Okay, no, it's a solar power amendment. I would assume this is pro-solar power, specifically b- being in Florida. They're the sunshine state, although not the sunniest state. It is a bit of a lie. <laughs> it is a bit of a lie, much like this bill is. The uh, bill, it makes it sound as if it is pro-solar power. Because okay. What they do with these ballot initiatives is they give it a certain name that makes it, that they depend on uninformed voters. Sure. They depend on people going in, not knowing what these props actually are, looking at it and saying like, oh, solar power. Oh, I love solar power. Solar power is great. I really, you know, I support that. Let's vote for this initiative. Uh, but mm. in reality, this uh, initiative is sponsored by Florida Power and Light, Duke mm. Energy, Tampa Electric Company, Gulf Power, and ExxonMobil, and the Koch brothers. All right. So obviously it wouldn't be in their best interest, the funders of this bill, to have more solar power panels all across the state of Florida. Absolutely not. Uh, And what this bill actually does is that it makes it harder for solar power to take root in Florida. Uh, Mm. It makes it more difficult for solar power companies to make money in Florida, it, it pretty much it keeps the status quo under the guise of making it sound like it's for solar power. So these props that are happening on your ballots, these things that you're voting for, uh, I would say if you go in and you don't know what it is, don't vote on it. Just don't vote do, on it. Do not vote. Don't if you yeah. don't know what it is, don't vote on it. But I would suggest go in, check out what is going to be on your ballot in your state, in your county. Uh, check out, see what's going to happen uh, when you go into the voting booth next Tuesday uh, and be informed as to what's happening because these mm-hmm. things do have a direct effect on your life and the lives of your families. Absolutely. Don't do what I did when I was taking my ACT because I was from the Midwest and we thought ACTs were superior to SATs. Turns out no one else in the world thinks that. Same here in Texas. Uh, that's fine. I do love the, I love the ACT. Uh, I was just making smiley faces and things like that at some points during <laughs> massive boredom, um, which probably negatively affected my grade, or I got some things right I would have gotten wrong if I would have tried. <laughs> Who knows? Doesn't matter. Don't do that with your ballot. Um, yeah. And of course, perhaps you just do a quick Google search while you're in the, the voting booth and then figure out what these things are before you vote on them. Very interesting. I didn't realize that everyone or most people that lived in Florida had roofs, <laughs> which I thought was really a necessity for solar powers to take root. Mm-hmm. But who knows? You imagine all the people who are just trying to save money on their crystal meth homes, you know, just trying to save <laughs> save a little bit of cash on their on their, uh, on their electricity bill because meth is going, the sales are going through the roof this oh, season. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're getting overtaken by heroin, but they're still Uh, competitive. That's it's not easy being the meth game. (laughs) It's not easy being a meth man in a heroin state. I got to tell you, times are tough. 2014 was our year. Hell of a year. Breaking bad was number one on the charts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Making us all look real nice and cool. (laughs) 
I wonder if they were like cultural appropriation. <laughs> Brian Cranston is not a meth addict, and I believe to play a meth addict on television, you should have to be one. So Charlie Sheen for the role of Breaking Bad, please. I am just going to step back now, but you have heard my piece. Every city council meeting in Hollywood. You have no, and I do want to say I'm also an actor, and I am a current crystal meth user. Okay. <laughs> You've heard my piece. Okay. I feel like I channeled in my inner Anthony Atominic uh, during that. The greatest. I want to go oh back. Oh, my God. We have to we have to praise this man. Yes. So uh, Lincoln Theater, we were hosting this event, and we had, uh, like we mentioned earlier, Emo Phillips, great pr- a privilege to meet him, and another great privilege, Anthony Atominic. He is Donald Trump. Yeah. He is the definitive Donald Trump of this election cycle and for the future uh, years to come. He is it. And if you haven't watched Bernie versus Trump, I believe it's on Netflix or Hulu. Uh, I think it's on Hulu, yeah. Um, one of those. It's on one of those. Um, watch it. I mean, it is unbelievable. He channels the darkness of Trump Oof. perfectly. In real life, he's extremely nice. I looked at him when he was in Trump makeup, and I said, I'm voting for you. And he's like, no, no, don't vote for me. I was like, no, I'm voting for you. The co- I'm voting for you, Anthony Atomic. Atomic, yeah. Um, because yeah. he is just so unbelievable as Trump. So if you get a chance, check him out. It is once in a lifetime to see such a prolific political satire uh, in a theater. I mean, I it was I, I was in awe of watching oh, this man. So like, it, it was perfect. It was on point. It was like I was thinking if they would have let this man on Saturday Night Live oh instead God. of Alec Baldwin, it could have changed everything. Really, it, it, it would have changed the it would have changed the discourse of mm. politics in this country for years. To I mean, it, it's it's that brilliant. He's so it's smart. that amazing. So much nuance, more nuance than Trump himself. I yeah. mean, it's just <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Well, Atamanik is a he's a brilliant performer. Yeah, check yes. out all of his stuff, but especially check out. Anthony Tamanick's Trump. It, it is yes. even if you're sick of Trump, I don't care. It's it is brilliant. No, it actually releases. It, it allows you to release your pent up sort of angst when you think of Donald Trump. He yeah. releases the angst. Exactly. He um, channels everything yes. that you've everything that you feel about Trump. All the things that you fear but can't quite articulate. Tamanic channels that. I just want to link, lick uh, Donald Trump's face and have my tongue be like one of those. Remember that when you stick the sugar in the other sugar? The, lick a stick. Lick a stick. Mm. <laughs> I'm orange. My, my, that's the flavor of orange. My, my tongue. Look how fun that is. Or lick a maid. One of the two. Lick a maid. Oh, yeah. lick a maid. No, I think it's lick a stick. Lick a stick. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Were we all molested? <laughs> Now that you, you go back and think about the actually, products you bought as a kid, you're like, lick a stick. Actually, I think, no, no, actually, I've got some in my uh, Fun Dip. You Oh, it's Fun Dip. Fun Dip. Yeah, Lick-A-Maid is, it's Lick-A-Maid is the brand, Fun <laughs> okay. Dip is the candy. Oh. So, yeah, and this uh, flavor is called Cherry Yum Diddly Dip. <laughs> Everyone who works at that factory is Jeffrey Dahmer until proven otherwise. <laughs> Well, speaking of Atomic, speaking of great impressions, speaking of television shows, watch them stoned, and you'll be able to smoke more weed than ever before. Medical marijuana would will probably be legal in the majority of states, and the number of states with legalized recreational pot could double. Yeah. I mean, and now this is a fairly universal thing across both parties, Democrats and Republicans, uh, even Senator Lindsey Graham, uh, relative fairly conservative by all metrics mm-hmm. although not Trump conservative that's a whole nother kind of thing obviously is denounced Trump and does not endorse him and from what I understand Lindsey Graham is one of the nicest people in Washington yeah um, he is very for it Republicans are for it they see the uh, the, the cash coming in uh, to Colorado and uh, and I think that uh, there is no denying the marijuana uh, economy the economics of weed have swayed Social conservatives who previously wanted to be wanted to be uh, on on par with heroin, crack cocaine, and cocaine. Yeah, Schedule One drug. 
but it looks it really does look like the prohibition of marijuana is coming to an end. It and has that, to, and that's a positive. You know that that's oh, a that's a huge positive. Totally. And that's a, I I I don't even smoke weed myself. I don't fucking. I mean, I don't care. It's not going to affect me personally one way or another. But it affects the lives of millions of people, millions of nonviolent drug users uh, that are doing nothing more than just getting high and watching TV. You and, know, or people that need it for you know medical reasons. Absolutely. Uh, it is. It, it's it's appalling that I mean we all know this. We yeah. all know. That it's buying that marijuana is still as illegal as it is. So yeah, I'm all for this. This is a, this is a step in the right direction for America. That's right, and it'll probably help out CCR Cave Comedy Radio. We're going to get more listeners than ever. <laughs> Thirty-three million Americans will be affected, and the states that are voting on marijuana uh, on the on ballot initiatives include Nevada, Arizona, California, Maine, and Massachusetts. So uh, it does seem like we're headed in the right direction for the first time in our lifetime. When it comes to legalizing marijuana, yeah, and uh, and thank God uh, for that. All right, moving on a little bit here. Oregon could elect their first openly bisexual governor. Mm. I don't want I, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't. Maybe she'll get more things done. She'll work across the aisle. I don't know if she's putting it into her platform. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it is- it's Oregon. It's this woman named Kate Brown. Yep. You know, uh, she's she's up by double digits right now. So yeah, we're gonna have an openly bisexual governor. Great. That's good. Cool. You got one. <laughs> That's, love it not a problem there uh good for her and uh and we wish her the best and we hope she chooses wisely <laughs> as a person who can only have sex with women because that's the way god god got me wrong uh-huh. you know he's really put me in a corner here yeah he almost man got, i wish i had fluidity i was about to say he almost got three out of three man he fucked yeah. up on you the last one he's like nah because, of course, well, for those of you who don't know, both of Ben's older brothers are gay. Yes. Well, maybe he like looked at my mother and she was praying and crying and he's like, I don't want to kill her. <laughs> we'll give him one straight one. <laughs> yes, I know. He could have ran the table. <laughs> How amazing would that have been? I, I mean, I'm, I'm envious. Every time I go out with my brothers, I'm just, they're happy. They just seem like having so much fun. They'd all the love time. to be touched by men. <laughs> and then what do men touch? It's a lot easier to get touched by a man than get touched by a woman. I'll say that much. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, in Indiana, I believe this is, uh, let's see, it's it's Montana, uh, Kansas, and it might be Indiana as well. Either way, there's going to be a constitution. You have a constitutional right to hunt and fish. So different issues for different states. I mean, that's actually a pretty big deal. I mean, that that uh, constitutional right to hunt and fish, that could really play into, I mean, that's a, an environmental protection thing. Uh, and I don't really know what that means because c- hunting and fishing and all that type of shit, it's very complicated when you start looking at endangered species, when mm-hmm. you start looking at the rights of where you can hunt, when you can hunt. Uh, it could have a domino effect on on a lot of environmental issues, so that this could be a, uh, a fairly big uh, this could be a fairly big deal. Well, that is one of the ironies about a lot of the hunting and fishing communities. They are also extremely environmentalist in most circles. So this is sort of one of those in, in the Venn diagram where conservatives, uh, conservative uh, thinkers, or conservative you know tend to be Republican leaning. I'm just I'm being a little bit of a uh, you know casting a bit of a wide net uh, here talking about hunting and fishing, but they tend to lean a little bit more conservative. Yeah, because they tend to be out in more rural areas uh, and um, just the culture of it is slightly more conservative. Um, But definitely uh, the Venn diagram when it comes to liberal thinking and environmental thinking, uh, people who are hunters and fishers are very pro environment. And in a lot of ways, I know specifically in Wisconsin, when it comes to like deer population, it is confusing to people because you drive through the state and it looks it's just a massacre for a month. (laughs) Every single car is covered in blood. I mean, everyone's just like, is everybody Ed Gein? (laughs) 
lives in Wisconsin? What is happening? But theoretically, they're there to purge the population uh, so then they don't freeze in the winters and there's enough food to sustain the population of deer that uh, that uh, they deem sustainable, which is the little ones. Well, deer can also be extremely harmful to crops. Uh, oh, you'll you eat a, them. I mean, you can get an infest. Like, we have deer infestations back home where we have to actually go there. I mean, I've talked about this on the last podcast, and you fuckers call me creepy for it, but it's an actual what? deer calls where you have to go mm. out and just... <laughs> You just have to go out and kill as many as you can because if you get too many, then uh, they'll just absolutely run your crops ragged. And that ain't right. That ain't- <laughs> and that's what I always say. But if I was a farmer, I would do what um, what I do whenever I you know whenever I'm making food for somebody, a large group of people. I always say one for you, one for me. Okay. And I, so I always have a little nibble. If I'm making tacos, uh-huh. I have a little taco. I have a little nibble, nope. one for me, yeah. and then I make a taco. And they give it to somebody else. So if I was a farmer, I'd say one potato for me, one potato for the deer. <laughs> and then the deer are fine. And then the deer are fine, yeah. But then your family starves and you go broke. <laughs> so that's not good. Uh, really quick, uh, the number of black Republicans in the U.S. House could drop from two to zero. <laughs> so really making headway with, yeah. the, uh, with the black community. The Republican Party will officially have zero. Represent the blacks will officially have zero representation uh, from the Republican Party. Good for I them, mean, I it's guess. It's not just- surprising. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, especially you know, when you have the Republican uh, candidate re- referencing to you as the blacks. But he's putting them on a pedestal. He's not putting them on a pedestal. You know? He's not putting them on a pedestal. The blacks. No, it's like when someone already has, like, if my, my name is Ben Kissel, and if someone was on Twitter and they were, like, already Ben Kissel, there was at Ben Kissel, I would say, I'm the Ben Kissel. <laughs> and I would be, I'm so confident, I'm the Ben Kissel. Well, that was one of the great... Uh, jokes that Anthony Tamanick made uh, while he was talking yes. about, uh, while he was portraying Trump, is that he was saying, you know, like, I can't imagine uh, a black person outside of the inner cities. And that's how Trump talks about, you know, that's how he talks about the blacks, in his words. Is that He always talks hmm. about them as a monolithic entity that only exists in uh, inner cities that with bullets constantly flying by their heads. It's right. very condescending. It is condescending, and it's unfortunate that, that you know, and that tri- and that's that trickles down. I mean, like Trump yeah. is just like everything he's doing is just trickling all the way down. They just the entire they, Republican Party. Yeah, they just treat you know certain groups in this country as if as if you know one as just one solidified voting block. And in you know just in a country this large with fifty states and a general election, it it really is unfortunate that we can't see smaller groups of people as individuals and we have to lump them together as one you know um, as if they have one concrete ideology amongst uh, the whole group because it's not true. No. You know, but us, there is a, you know, I don't want to get too into white privilege here, but that is one thing that we do have, just being uh, the majority at this point. Um, we do get to sort of have diversity of political opinion and things like that. Yeah, and we and we are, yeah, it's like we're not spoken to as the whites. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. All right, we got another one here. Background check loopholes on gun purchases could be closed in a fifth of the country. This is both Republican and Democratic-backed. Uh, this is a, a basically uh, both Republicans backed and Democrat backed bills to reform America's background check system failed this year in the Senate. So gun control advocates are taking the fight to the states. Maine and Nevada are opposed to become the ninth and tenth states requiring a point of sale background check for all classes of firearms. Additionally, California will decide whether to join New York, Connecticut and Washington, D.C. in requiring background checks for ammunition purchases. 
I don't think this is a big deal. I think the vast majority of the country is for background checks. Whenever you buy something that has the ability to mow down a series of people, much like what happened over the weekend, somebody dressed as Freddy Krueger shot five people with a shotgun, which is not how Freddy Krueger killed people. And that's what's so upsetting about that attack. If you're if you're going to be Freddy, you got to knife them. Or, I mean, wait until they fall asleep and really figure it out. Yeah, I, I mean, and that whole story, what that was is that it was a, a guy, it was two guys that crashed a Halloween party. Nobody wanted them there. They got into a fight. Uh, nobody knew who they were. Uh, they got into a fight with the homeowners. The, mm-hmm. It's a couple of thin-skinned dickheads. Uh, went out, got their shotgun from the car, walked back into the party, and opened fire. That I mean, people got hurt, but thank Christ no one got killed in this. Uh, right. But that's... All this, I mean, it's just thin-skinned assholes uh, that can't figure out how to solve their problems any other way. That's right. And so maybe if there was a background check, that man who walked into the Walmart that night dressed as Freddy Krueger to buy the shotgun, I don't think that he did do it that night. But theoretically, theoretically, they would have asked him, um, what about Dream Warriors? <laughs> what, what, what did you do in Dream Warriors? And if he didn't know, then he's not going to pass the Freddy Krueger background check because he's not Freddy Krueger at all. <laughs> no, he's not Freddy Krueger at all because you know what? Freddy Krueger was never afraid to get his ass kicked. And that's, what, that's what people like this are. They're just people yes. who are afraid to get their asses kicked. You got a problem with someone. If you got a problem where you have to take it to violence, get into a fight. Try it out. Get into a fight. See mm-hmm. if that just don't pull out a fucking gun. But the problem with these people is that they're, you know, that's why I respect uh, your sister's uh, little, or not your sister, your uh, girlfriend's little L- brother, older brother, or, but is is littler. Yeah, is <laughs> more little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know why? Because he fights he's, and he loses. He loses all the time. He's about uh, he's a tinier fellow. He's like five foot seven, and he lo- he's lost so many fights. He now has glass or uh, metal rods in his hand. He's like Wolverine. He got upgraded. He's got steel plates in his hand. I'm like, they are just making you tougher and tougher. Yeah, this he, is amazing. Yeah, he got enough experience points where they upgraded him to a higher weapon status. Yeah, he's like Jax or whatever the hell from uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, was it Jax from? Jax, Jax, you got that. I one. I got that right. Yeah, isn't that fun? How excited. Uh, Massachusetts could be the first state to regulate how cows and chickens live. All right. (laughs) Good. I don't know. I mean, honestly, uh, I was looking through it. It does, you know, I love cows. I love chickens. They don't know they're alive. (laughs) Specifically chickens. Chickens don't know they're alive. Cows know they're alive. Cows, cows, yeah, I kind of understand. But, but, yeah, birds, yeah, birds are below mammals. Yeah. I mean, if you're a farmer in Massachusetts, it's like your life is so hard. And now you have to like be concerned about chickens' feelings, and all they feel is just like, I don't, you know, they can't to walk. They have to move their heads. Yeah, you know, all weird. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. fine. Either way, we'll see if it passes. The people of Massachusetts have the right to make their own decisions. The Humane Society of the United States has poured more than a million dollars into the Yes campaign, and if the measure passes, it could soon show up on ballots in other states. Well, the big thing about this is that, that I mean, Massachusetts really doesn't have a whole lot of. Uh, they don't really do a whole lot of you know, ranching or uh, chicken producing or anything like right. that. But what it says here is that if uh, anybody wants to sell their products in Massachusetts, then they have to comply by these standards. I see. Uh, and that could have a domino effect uh, across the entire country uh, if it starts showing up on 
ballots all over the place. You know, if this ballot shows up in somewhere like California or Texas, I mean, it's definitely not going to show up in Texas. No, uh, no, no. But, uh, but so. if it shows up somewhere like California, uh, it's kind of like the, uh, what is it, like the textbook uh, laws that we sure. have right now, where Texas is such a mass uh, buyer of textbooks that they tend to set the standard for what textbooks are across the country. If you yes. get this ballot approved in a large market like California, that it can really have a huge effect uh, on uh, food producers, uh, not necessarily on, on ranchers, uh, but on the mass food producers around right. the United States. And of course, California being another massive buyer of books there, their ideology gets spread around the country as well, much more than the ideology of us great people from the flyover country, Wisconsin, <laughs> Indiana, Iowa. I wish the mid if the Midwest could educate the nation, I think we'd have a more loving people. You think so? They're great people. They're they? very nice. Very nice. <laughs> They're very nice. They're very nice, yeah. They are very nice. They are. What am I not saying? <laughs> They're wonderful. <laughs> They're very nice. You know, might be a little, they get a little religious at times, they but do. that's okay. Everyone's got to do something to survive in this awful, awful world. <laughs> <laughs> we got to live somehow. Um, yeah, basically that law just requires them to there to be space for cows and chickens to lay down. I never saw a chicken laying down. But they sit. They sit. Yeah. They're sitters. Yeah. Anyway, that's fine. If you do love chickens and you do love cows, I love you too. That's good. Well, speaking of confinement, uh, this one I am 100% behind, and I wish all 50 states would take notice. The number of states banning the death penalty could reach a new high, and that being 21 states to ban the death penalty. I am completely in favor of this. There are so many people on death row, so many that are innocent, many in there for uh, for crimes um, that you know, maybe even retroactively wouldn't even be considered illegal today, um, you know, such as like marijuana offenses that escalate into, uh, you know, into acts of violence and things like that. There's a great documentary. You have to watch it on Netflix. It's called 13th, uh, basically discusses uh, slavery and how the prison system is an extension of slavery. And uh, I mean, it is just so obvious you know um that uh they when they as soon as they ended slavery they found another way to monetize uh less uh people with with lesser means in this country and uh it's it's phenomenal so i'm so for getting rid of the uh the death penalty it has been proven time and time again to not deter crime uh believe it or not the people who committed a lot of these acts aren't uh, really thinking about the future no um no, and, of course, the solitary confinement that people who are on death penalty, what they have to live with, usually for around 20 years. Uh, I, I just, you know, for all the animal rights uh, that we have in this country, uh, I think it would be really nice if we focused on some of these people who are thrown away uh, with the key, you know, tossed away somewhere in the trash. Um, I think we need to start thinking about that really seriously in this country and how a solitary confinement, even for the worst people in the in the world, mm -hmm. okay? Even the worst people in the world, I don't think that they deserve it. Yeah, I mean, the death penalty, uh, it's proven to not be a deterrent. Uh, it costs us more money than it does to just keep them in prison for the rest of their life. Uh, and an amazing amount of people get executed wrongly. That's right. I mean that alone. That that all that is like that alone if one if there's a chance that one person could be wrongly executed for a crime they did not commit then we do not need to have the death penalty. We don't we just the state does not need to have that power. I just don't trust the state to do anything right because yeah. they don't they do very little right. Yeah. And um, there's and, and certainly I don't want my life in their hands. Yeah. And we've got a lot of laws like that where you know that they are they're penalty 
bounties uh, being placed on people uh, as a deterrent. There aren't actually a deterrent. One of the biggest ones mm-hmm. that I really wish we would repeal uh, is you know not allowing people who have committed felonies to vote. Totally, uh, I think that is. Uh, I think it's unfair. Uh, I think yeah. it real. It is not a deterrent. Yeah, when someone's about to uh, rob a store, they're not thinking like, "Oh shit, man, I can't vote next time." Right. Like all that does is like if someone commits a felony, people screw up sometimes. They commit a felony, they get out of prison, they turn their life around. But because they screwed up, maybe when they were younger, they no longer have a voice. They no longer right. have a way to vote uh, in the system. They no longer have any way to voice themselves. They are pretty much removed from democracy. That's it. And it's a penalty that makes no sense uh, that I think should really be removed. Get rid of it. It's like tying somebody's hands behind their back and then yelling at them for making a sandwich with their feet. <laughs> Is that right, Marcus? Yeah. That's what it's like. I agree. you got to let people integrate back into society. Yeah. Integrate back into society. And the sad thing is when you stop fel- when you don't allow felons to vote and there's a ballot initiative that would allow felons to vote, they can't vote to get the right to vote. Uh, so it really does demoralize them, completely ostracizes them, and pushes them back underground where then they, in order to make a living, they're going to have to turn to uh, things that are not going to be socially acceptable and many times not legal. Yeah. One of the things, I mean, but prison reform, we do, we've done, I mean, we've oh, made so much. We've made prison reform kind of a, a you know a pet issue here on Top Hat. Uh, we've been talking about it for a really long time now, oh, uh, and it, it really is like what we need in this country is we need so much more rehabilitation. So much. Like that's what we need more than anything. Then to stop the cycle of incarceration. I mean, when Ronald Reagan, you know Ronnie, you know good old Ronnie, um, when he shut down the majority of mental uh, health facilities in this country and forced the, and this is also the police agreed, you know the um, uh, the the head of the uh, and, uh, NYPD here, Bill Bratton, was discussing this recently. Police just have far too much on their plates. They're mm. not therapists. They're not psychologists. They are mildly educated people with guns who are there to uh, make sure that no one gets stabbed on the streets, the, uh, streets, theoretically. And then their job now is to talk down people with extreme mental psychosis. Mm-hmm. That's why they're shooting that 80-year-old woman with the bat. Uh, you know, they, they randomly took her out. They just don't know how to do it, and it was never supposed to be their job. We need to get more um, people like, what is it, uh, Loomis, the fellow who took care of Michael Myers. Dr. Loomis. Dr. Yeah. Dr. Loomis. <laughs> we need Dr. Loomis. We don't need uh, Judge Dredd. And, uh, and I think that uh, we're beginning to recognize that. And the police never knew that they were signing up to be mental health experts. Yeah. They just don't have the – believe it or not, someone who gets into corrections – might not be the most like, oh, you have a psychological problem. They're going to call someone a, a terrible word. They're going to call them a moron and do something that is completely unsympathetic to what that person is going through. Can you, if you're in corrections and you're dealing with someone with borderline personality disorder, I mean, it's not. They don't know what to do. Yeah, of course they don't. You just know lock what to them do. up. Yeah, just lock them up, and then they get out. They don't get any treatment whatsoever. They get out, and not only are they suffering from a uh, mental illness, but they also have no way to get a job. They have no. Yeah. They have no recourse whatsoever. We just don't care for we just don't yeah. care for people here. And what people don't realize is when you don't care for people, when you just kind of tell them to figure out on their own, it causes more problems for society. 
It causes oh, so many more problems for society. If we if we just leave people to their own devices uh, and tell them, figure it out, a lot mm-hmm. of times people can't. And that just causes chaos. It just causes uh, a lot more problems uh, than we're really prepared to deal with. I was speaking with someone who works in the in the kitchen of a uh, of a facility here in New York City in the prison system. He's also um, he, he works in the comedy business. It's a very bizarre dual life this man leads. And he was, you know, speaking of marijuana, against legalizing it because he needs job security. And that's what it is. I mean, all that stuff just fuels right into it. It all feeds into it. Um, you know, as soon as you legalize marijuana, the prison system is going to take a bit of a hit, and they just want to look out for number one, which is, of course, their profit. That's the bottom line. Okay, so the states that are going to possibly get rid of the death penalty are California and Nebraska, and then Oklahoma is having <laughs> – they're taking a bit of a different approach. They, they want to uh, – Oklahomans, on the other hand, are voting on whether to enshrine the death penalty into their state constitution, which would make it easier for the state to carry out executions. So some states are going to get rid of it, and then Oklahoma is, I guess, tripling down tripling on their down. love of the state putting people to death. And if you are a true conservative, you do want to fight the government. If you want to have, you know, um, if you want to have your property be your property and you don't think the government should have the, have the right uh, for, for for search and seizure, you cannot be for the death penalty. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand how conservatives are so for the death penalty other than the fact it might not be affecting their um, wealthier or more Caucasian communities. It does tend to be blacks, Hispanics that are put to uh, death at a much, much higher rate than whites yeah and i i really uh the the death penalty is is such an odd little it's just it's it's such a strange little quirk in america like uh our prison system the way we treat prisoners uh the death penalty i mean we're a vengeful people we want revenge like we really we feel it in our bones i don't know if it's like a a western frontier type of thing where we feel like fun to do Yeah, getting revenge is, right. is amazing. Yeah, we feel like we need justice, and that's the and we think that's the best way to do it. Uh, but in reality, it 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 helps or it hurts us so much more uh, than if we just let them rot until they die. All right, now this is kind of an interesting thing on the ballot in Maine. Um, now this will be good news for third party supporters. Um, I'm just going to read it here because it's a bit uh, it's a bit confusing marcus mm-hmm. all right so it just says fed up with hillary clinton and donald trump interested in voting for a third party candidate but don't want to risk throwing the election to the candidate you dislike the most an experimented maine could offer a solution question five on the state ballot proposes replacing maine's current electoral system with ranked choice voting very european oh. Uh, allowing voters to express their numerical preferences for all state offices, including U.S. senators and U.S. representatives. When ballots are t- when ballots are tallied, if no candidate has reached more than 50 percent of the voters' first choices, then the least popular candidate will be eliminated. His or her supporters would have their top ca- uh, ranked candidate crossed off their ballots, and their votes would fall to their second ranked candidates. It's just um, it's just a uh, exactly what they do in France. Mm-hmm. They just uh, oh I forget the exact name of it. Oh, I forget what it's called. Le bon That's what it's called. <laughs> Supporters believe that the ranked choice voting empowers third parties and gives uh, voters more options. Detractors believe that there's nothing wrong with the simple majority or plurality rules set up right now and points to studies linked linking ranked choice voting to lower 
voter turnout. Uh, this is happening. Well, Maine would be the first state to adopt such a system. San Fran, Oakland, St. Paul, and Minneapolis currently used ranked choice, choice voting as the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences in selection of the Academy Award for Best Picture. Oh, look at that. Huh. So, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well choose the president like that because that's also the way that they choose the blind side. <laughs> that wonderful Sandra Bullock film. <laughs> Interesting though. I'm I'm all for it. I yeah. think that that seems that seems good. Uh, the, the, it's just the, the duopoly of power in this country is so disheartening to so many people. Everyone's so sick of it that if we can get a little bit more representation out there for lesser known candidates or for people who might have more fringe ideas, if we can make those more mainstreamed, that's perfect. I mean, look what we did here at CCR Cave Comedy Radio with last podcast cast on the left you know and you know even this show to some degree um being as bipartisan as we humanly can be with the biases that are ingrained in us but like last podcast on the left horror comedy never existed talking about john benet ramsey in the way that uh, we do uh, you know the way that you write these stories about richard chase never been done before and it turns out it's a massive success because people didn't even there's so many people who wanted it and they didn't even know it and you have to sh- you have to prove to um, individuals that you matter and that your political views matter, and I think this will help get different views out there and at least um, force people to pay attention to what some fringe views are. Speaking of which, euthanasia. (laughs) I don't think that's a fringe view. A lot of people are against uh, doctors being allowed legally to put you to death, to kill you. To kill you. I don't I do uh, this. Euthanasia is another thing that uh, I do not understand why people think it's any of their business. Uh, I don't. I really don't understand why people think that they have the right to tell other people what to do with their own lives. Uh, I think if a person feels mm-hmm. like if they have a terminal illness, if they feel like if there is no way out uh, and they have nothing but pain and suffering uh, ahead of them. And if they mm-hmm. want to go out on their own terms, I believe that people should have the right to do that. Well, I want to make them play a game. <laughs> do you want to play a game? There's a key lodged in your asshole. <laughs> you must sit on the doorknob to unlock it. <laughs> That's a saw reference on our Halloween episode. So, uh, this, uh, this is happening. Uh, your doctor could legally help end your life in one-sixth of the country. Colorado voters. My God, isn't Colorado on the forefront of the majority of uh, hot-button issues right they now? They really huh? are. Good Lord. Colorado voters will decide a, via a statewide referendum in November whether to enact death with dignity legislation. Uh, let's see. If the measure passes, Colorado will join Washington, Oregon, California, and Vermont as the only states which laws which such laws are on the books. Montana also allows assisted suicide, but via a court ruling rather than legislation. So that would have to go to a judge, um, which it's a fair compromise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think you want to avoid, um, you know, wrongful death. Yeah, it, it seems extreme. like Harold Shipp- Shipman could have just argued he was just doing what that is what he argued. The angel of death was he was just doing God's work. Yeah. Well, that's what a lot of those serial killers say. Uh, but I, I think I really do think that if people decide that they want to end their life, uh, not in hospice, you know, if they want to end their life at home with their family uh, in a peaceful manner rather than just wasting away or waiting until, you know, you have to get, you know, I don't want to end personally. I would rather end my life at home with my family than having them unplug my feeding tube. Terry Schiavo. And have me slowly starve to death. That was the Terry Schiavo syndrome. That happened in the uh, early 2000s. My God, that was a nightmare. Yeah. Before live stream, 
there was Terry Schiavo. And it was, I believe it was seven, was it 17 days? It's 17 days, yeah. Maybe even longer. They kept on replacing, basically what happened to that story was her husband wanted the tube pulled um, because they think he wanted to do a thing called move on with his life. Mm-hmm. She was in a coma for a decade, yeah. and she did not look like the woman he married. Um, <laughs> she not- wasn't a woman. <laughs> she was. <laughs> a- Anatomically, but she wasn't a person anymore. She wasn't there. Uh, yeah. yeah, certainly yeah. not. I mean, she was so hopped up on drugs or whatnot. I mean, she was just lying there, a human vegetable. Um, and then her parents wanted her- wanted the feeding tube to stay in. It was a huge, huge battle, and that was fascinating to watch yeah. when we were uh, younger. Yeah, we-, we were in college when all that was going on. Yes, and that sparked a national debate. I told my father, I filled out a will. I said, two weeks. If I'm going to come up for two weeks, pull the plug. But now I've since changed it because I realized I love sleeping and I love <laughs> dreaming. You love dreaming, yeah, huh? Yeah, so if you're in a coma, I mean, just keep me in. Why not? Why not? I and guess. they hop you up. They get you all drugged up. It's like, it's like you know, Woodstock. <laughs> it's just a more relaxed Woodstock, which I'm I'm all for. I love that idea, as a matter of fact. Um Yes, so many, so many fun things. The first Latina could be elected to the U.S. Senate. Congratulations. 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 She's absolutely crushing. She's up double digits. She's supported by everyone that matters. Loretta Sanchez. Loretta Sanchez. She's supported by Harry Reid, President Barack Obama, Joe Biden. I mean, everyone uh, that matters there. All right. Now, this is a personal issue for all of us. This is really near and dear to our hearts. If you are in the porn industry, if you are in California, <laughs> get ready for some possible changes. In 2012, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation pushed Measure B through Los Angeles County, requiring actors, actors. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, actors. Actors. they do, they do, they are technically actors. Okay, they actors. are pretending to be somebody else on film. They're actors in pornographic films. Okay, so they're forcing them to wear condoms in all scenes depicting penetrative sex. Is it? De- it's just penetrate depicting. As if it. Well, all right. <laughs> now the foundation wants to expand. I mean, what do you want them to say? Featuring. I get yeah, featuring. <laughs> Make it feel like it's on a little like the uh, what was the, what was the is it Spaceballs that ends with the alien popping out and doing the song? Yeah, yeah hello, Make money. the dick feel like that. <laughs> Feature it a little bit. <laughs> Why not? Um, so now this foundation wants to expand that regulation statewide, but of course the adult film industry is not for it. And in an interesting twist, both state Democrats and Republican parties are opposed to the bill. But if voters say yes, then the nation's largest adult film industry would have a choice. Go underground, leave the state, or invest in safe sex. Now, there is a great irony about this, Marcus, and you know this extremely well. Female porn stars uh, have sex a lot more uh, This is uh, than, than your everyday Jane. Mm-hmm. And it condoms actually are detrimental to their safety and their personal health. Yeah, condoms actually, uh, the friction of the condoms, because, you know, a human body is made for sex. Like, a woman's vagina is made for sex. Uh, But if you introduce latex in there, if you introduce a foreign element like condoms, uh, then that will actually really tear up a woman's vagina, the inside of it. It's very uh, detrimental uh, to their health, to their physical health. Uh, Condoms are a terrible idea because all... This is a terrible idea because, uh, I mean, if it does pass, Florida, hope you're ready for the porn industry to come full force to you. I can't deal with all that, all the packs (laughs) of Newports in the back of my (laughs) smut features that I love to watch so much. Yeah, I I mean, this is just, it's a a terrible idea all around. Like, it's a feel-good, it's feel-good legislation. It seems Uh, Puritan to me. It's it's Puritan, and it's feel, it's the, I don't even know if it's Puritan, because it's, it's, 
it is sponsored by the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Sure. Uh, so I think all this is that this is this is feel good, do nothing. We want to feel like we're doing something, but right. we don't want to do anything that's difficult. So we're going to push this bullshit forward. And from what I understand, I got a I had a, a chance to actually give the best uh, mainstream to porn award many years back mm-hmm. now to China. R.I.P. I love China. And yes, yeah, she has since passed. <laughs> um, I gave her. It was a silver dildo. Yeah, and very heavy. Yeah. I mean, it was a murder weapon. <laughs> um, but we were talking with Belladonna, who was a very successful porn star, Stoya as well. And, um, yeah, they were they were expressing concern over these sorts of things. Well, when it comes to regulation, it's just leave leave them alone. It's a very difficult job, and I don't think they need to have more regulation in their lives. They self- but, of course, they, but they were also saying how heavily tested they are. Yeah, they self, but the adult industry self-polices, self-polices itself extremely well. There's only been, I think, a couple of, uh, of these, like, HIV mm-hmm. outbreaks in, I mean, considering how often people fuck, considering how much yeah. pornography is, is made out there, it is a testament to how well they, uh, self-police themselves uh if you look at how few times it's actually happened well i say this about pornography the exact i mean i'll say this about porn and i and i say it about jack reacher the the movie we don't need anymore <laughs> i you know i am so I if porn was stopped today uh-huh i would be fine we'd be totally fine for five thousand years <laughs> What more do you need? You can get everything forever. Yeah. Forever and ever. Pornhub, I mean, how do you win it? I've been trying to win Pornhub for for ten years, yeah, for five years rather. However long it's been around, you know, and, and you know, and you know what? These people, if they get into uh, porn, then HIV, that's a risk that they take. They know they're taking that risk. Yeah. Let that. I mean, this is a. You know, I mean. It, it's on a smaller. It's, like, it's on a smaller scale, but this sorts of regu- this sort of regulations, like these people know what kind of risk they're taking. Sure. They know they are not being forced into pornography. They know that this is what is going to be. They know this might happen to them. Sure. But the industry actually does a very good job of making sure that it doesn't happen. STDs are the equivalent to what concussions are to NFL players. For porn stars, STDs are concussions. Yeah, they keep you out of the game. <laughs> And too many of them can really hurt your future. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. Um, yes. So I'm just, I just don't think I don't think it's productive. I think I, the irony is it hurts the people they're trying to protect, which happens so many times. Um, all right, let's just do a few more here. Minimum wage raises could soon be coming to 23 states, um, except for South Dakota. They're taking the controversial stance of lowering it. <laughs> so uh, the tw- well, they, they want to lower it for workers under the age of 18. So, uh, yeah, so voters in Colorado, Arizona, and Maine will decide whether to increase the minimum wage to $12 by 2020, and Washingtonians will consider raising it to thirteen fifty. Obviously, a lot of people think this will be a job killer for smaller businesses. Uh, I have, I'm very mixed about it because I do think, specifically in um, service industries, tipping is great, and I think a lot of times when, the, when they uh, – uh, start giving people the the livable wage, then the tips go down, and I don't think at the end of the day the person comes home with more money in their pocket. Um, but I and I also think it's kind of nefarious because corporations that can afford it, like McDonald's, Target, you know, uh, Walmart, they're not going to take a hit on their bottom line. But it will be your small mom and pop shops that won't be able to sustain. So I think the irony about raising the minimum wage, although I completely understand the argument for it, I think people who work in these fast food jobs, it's no longer a stepping stone job. That is a career now yeah, because and- we've been we've gutted our middle class so hard. Yeah. 
Um, but I do understand. I think there is a little bit of an irony. The corporations that can afford it will be able to afford it. They're also not backing it or supporting it. But I think it might detriment, uh, be a detriment to small shops. And I think it, it will be. Uh, but the other, the, I guess the, the flip side of that uh, is – you know, people have to live, you know, and it's not just fast food work, you know, because when people talk about the minimum wage, it seems like all people really think about is fast food workers. It's not just fast food workers that make minimum wage. There are a thousand different jobs across the United States where people are paid the minimum wage. The problem is now the minimum wage, you can't live off of it. You just can't. I mean, I it's a, it is impossible for uh, an American to live off of a minimum wage almost anywhere in the country. Uh, so what do you do? Because on one hand, yes, absolutely, this will hurt small businesses. Um, but what do you do? I mean, yeah. it's a, there's that's I think that's that's one of the things that, like when I start thinking about all this stuff is that I, I feel like America has backed itself into a corner in so many ways. Yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, you would just hope that your employer would understand that they need to pay you enough money so that you can go home and live a comfortable life. You yeah, know, it is really sad that the people are working 70 hours a week and coming home, you know, with 45 grand a year. Yeah, um, it, it is really unfortunate. So I do understand both sides of that issue. And it is one of those. It's, it's one of those cut the baby in half type situations, and there really is no perfect answer, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, I, um, I, feel, I feel for small business owners. I don't feel for Target. <laughs> I, don't feel, well, I don't feel for the, no, the no, gigantic they can corporations. It. They can absolutely afford it. Not, not a problem. Easily. And, you know, of course, that's why they do. Uh, they just have an abstract number they throw out there. Like if you have 250 employees or more, that's the health care rule and things like that. So we can find... Um, you can you can circumvent you can create rules that don't necessarily harm businesses of a certain you know uh, you know of a certain success bracket, but then also it, it sort of inhibits them from expanding and growing. Um, so it's I understand both sides of that issue. Either way, that's on that's on the um, on the old ballots there. So check that out. I love this one. Um, voters will decide whether there should be an age limit for judges. Yes. Please, <laughs> God, yes. I want this to be a federal thing. The Supreme Court is so damn old, they don't even use emails. They know nothing about modern society. Society has come so far in such a short amount of time. Federal judges need to have a expiration date. Well, they actually, what this is, is that they're looking to raise the limit. They want to raise it. They want to raise it, yeah. And uh, 32 states have age limits for judges. Uh, in Pennsylvania, they're voting to raise raise it from 70 to 75 and in Oregon they want to get rid of the age limit altogether they're saying that you know advances in health care and such are making it where people live longer healthier lives get out of here <laughs> go away I, I mean I just they, it is uh I mean maybe it's it's good I guess that they haven't uh, been so taken up by modern society but they're going to be weighing in specifically on a federal level about extremely important technological decisions and they don't know anything yeah I mean they they're from a time before blenders they remember when sliced bread was invented i mean it's insane the average age of the supreme court i think it's 70 um i mean it's just madness yeah and these people are uh, voting on and making decisions on issues that they know nothing about i mean that's why you have and they don't want to know anything about it either no they never no judge in north carolina was like i'm gonna decide if chicks with dicks could use the bathroom no <laughs> one no one thought that was going to be a thing on the ballot but for us it's very mainstream thinking now yeah. it's like yeah there are people with different sexual identities uh not a big deal who cares who but cares? for them they're like i never thought now what but now it's a woman but she's got what i got yeah who cares who cares yeah. but they're going to be they specifically on some social issues internet technology and social issues 
when you're elderly, you're just too detached to make rational decisions, in yeah. my opinion. And then we just have to unravel everything you do. Yeah, it's like because you, you, you're not making a they're not making a world for themselves. They're making with their legislation. They're making the future. Like that's what they're doing. They're not. And these people are they're legislating on the future from a viewpoint of the past. And I don't think that's where we should be right now. All right. Also in California, just we got a few more here. I like this one. Every county of Hawaii has banned single-use plastic bags, but technically California can still become the first state to implement the ban this November. Plastic bags. I uh, I gotta say, I'm no fan of the plastic bag. I have no problem with the paper bag. I mean, when it rains, it's not good, and it does make you feel as if you're a lumber. Like uh, it feels, <laughs> it makes you feel like you're a log. You yeah. know, it, it gives your fingers a little bit straight, uh, a, a bit of a tingly sensation. But I'm I'm all for. Um, I don't know if a state necessarily needs to like you know ban plastic bags, but we used a lot of plastic, and it might not be a a, a bad step in the right direction. I really wish that we uh, would really really take down our plastic intake in in the world. Uh, it's amazing to look around and to see how much waste uh, we have every single day uh, just on plastic alone. And I this, go through this so stuff does much. not this stuff does not degrade. It co- I mean, and it takes you know plastic is made from oil. That's how plastic is made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it increases a carbon footprint by a gigantic margin. I mean, if California were to get rid of plastic bags, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, yeah. And myself, personally, uh, I use plastic bags uh, as little as I possibly can. Uh, and I think this is good. You know, it, it's I, I think this is a step in the right direction. I think these types of regulations, I think this is helpful and it at the most will cause a minor inconvenience to people. I mean, you know, but it, it's just tough to say because then we also have this momentum behind soda taxes could go down the drain. We have some uh, big tax raises for, you know, the soda companies. Now Big Soda faces a supersized obstacle, a three-front war in California. Voters in San Francisco, Oakland, and Albany will weigh in on the sugary sin tax this November. Both pro and anti sides have their wallets at the ready for the upcoming showdown. The beverage industry has already spent more than $30 million this election cycle. And anti-soda crusader Michael Bloomberg has personally contributed $9 million to the cause. Obviously, he is for the soda tax, I believe. And there's also a cigarette tax um, that is going on, that is on the ballot in, I believe, uh, four or five states as well. I believe these are poor taxes. I don't like the raise uh, to, to uh, I don't like the sin tax. I, I'm, I'm completely against it. I think the, my, the, the, the people that are most affected are people with the less means, with the, with the least amount of means. We can pay an extra buck uh, 50 for cigarettes if we really need to. I can pay an extra 70 cents uh, for a Pepsi Cola or a Diet A&W soda, <laughs> which I love. I cannot get enough of Diet A&W soda. Really? Oh, my God, bro. I'm going through eight cans a day. That's too much. That's not. That's not diet anymore. It is diet. You can't. You I'm cancel losing it out. weight. <laughs> I'm losing weight. Diet A and W soda. I highly recommend it. But I don't believe. Although I mean, it's not. It's diet. So is that really a sugary snack? Yeah. Is it still sugar? <laughs> is, that, is there sugar in it? Absolutely. <laughs> I am against both the cigarette tax and the soda tax. I don't think it curbs usage. I think it harms people that cannot afford it, and the people that can't afford it don't even notice. And um, I'm just I, I, I feel like that's one of the great ironies of it. Yeah, that's what I personally believe. But then, of course, the plastic bag tax. I mean, I, I don't know. It's tough to say. We have a lot of things out there. All right. Let's wrap it up here. Um, go to this list, by the way. It's just political 33 things, 33 ballot initiatives. And you can check out the whole list. My favorite story, though, Vermont could get the world's spaciest baseball player as governor. 
Those who know him as Bill Spaceman Lee aren't shocked to hear about the former Boston Red Sox pitcher's gubernatorial bid in Vermont. Observers have long thought Lee's heads in the clouds. In 1971, Lee, while being interviewed by reporters in the in Fenway Park locker room, abruptly switched the conversation from baseball to the Apollo 15 moon landing, hence the nickname Spaceman. I think you guys would be friends. I think I love him. I think he's Henry. <laughs> he's somehow he's like, I know we want to talk about baseball, but Kubrick moon landing. Did it ever happen? I love it. Um, in 1998, the Spaceman ran for president as the nominee of the Rhinoceros Party, which I am all for. That's great. His platform included bulldozing the Rocky Mountains so Alberta, Canada could receive more sunlight. His slogan you, his slogan was, no guns, no butter, both can kill. Mm, I love that. <laughs> so, Curly, how is he doing? Uh, will Spaceman win the race for governor? Probably not, according to Vermont Public Radio, which I think is extremely popular in Vermont. Ha- oh, yeah, of course. It's, it's d- required. Yes, required listening. Vermont Public Radio, he is currently polling at 2%. On the other hand, that might be enough to swing the race to Republican Phil Scott, who is neck and neck with Democratic nominee Sue Minter. Leave Spaceman alone. Leave Spaceman out of this. The 2% that are voting for him aren't going to vote for Phil Scott or Sue Minter. They want Spaceman. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, his pitch is so far left, we're right. There you go. There you go, man. You can't go wrong with that. Only in Vermont. Only in Vermont, indeed. Um, oh, my God. All right. So much fun stuff uh, stuff happening here. November 8th. Make sure to get out there and vote. Uh, I don't care if you leave the top of the ticket blank. Write us in. Take a picture of it. It's fun to tweet about. Um, but those ballot initiatives really do matter. So yeah. pay attention to those and, and know what's happening in your local uh, municipalities. I mean, it's, it should just be a Google search away. They make these government websites extremely boring. They're worse than the alien websites. They're more difficult to read than the alien websites with green font in blacks, uh, you know, with a black background. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can figure it out and then just make the decision that you deem to be the uh, the right the right one and understand the consequences too because that's the thing. There is no perfect answer in any of these. No, um, which is uh, you know going back to the minimum wage and the and the plastic bags and you know all that stuff. It's, it's all such a it's a very complex stuff. Um, but all right, everyone, thank you guys so much for listening. Seven days. Seven days. Until November 8th. I hope we survive. I think that we will. Uh, Marcus, anything you want to say? Uh, just thanks, everybody, for uh, all the kind words uh, on the Facebook group. Thanks for all the kind words. Uh, people saying that, you know, we're uh, a voice of sanity and a voice of reason uh, in uh, American politics, which I don't know how we did that. but Because America went crazy. <laughs> That's what happened. And then we're just like, what happened? We're just like, I don't know. This is how we've always been. I mean, that that is really it. I mean, for me, it was the gay brothers and Christian parents trying to get through dinner, and it is just macro of that. That's the micro. <laughs> that's where it all began for me. It was just six-year-old Ben Kissel trying to make the family laugh as my brother was eating corn on the cob all wrong. And all right. <laughs> And my father looking at him as if he might have uh, created one mm-hmm. that he didn't uh, so much uh, deem uh, with, re- didn't look at with much respect. Uh, my parents are loving people though, and that's that's the why that's why I feel like there's common ground to be had in all of this stuff. My parents and my brothers get along just fine. We're working on it. You just got to work at it. You just got to work at it. Never, Compromise don't, is, never give up. Never give up. Compromise is not easy, especially when it comes to family. 
That's right. Yeah. And we're all family here in America. <laughs> well, I, th- I know right now there are so many people out there that are having such gigantic, huge conflicts uh, with their families. Oh, my I, God. I mean, a friend of uh, a friend of my girlfriend's, uh, her family has stopped speaking to her. Because uh, she's not voting for Trump or something? Because she's not voting for yeah. Trump. Yeah, because, because she's uh, not voting for Trump. Uh, and they've stopped speaking altogether. Uh, oh. And that's happening all over this country right now. We're yeah. just giving up. People are just giving up on each other. We're giving up on uh, the the, uh, the concept of compromise, uh, and it's not dead. The concept of compromise is not dead. The concept of loving your neighbor uh, and trying to understand the person next to you, that is not dead unless we let it die. That's it. And, totally, completely true, and it is not worth it. It is not worth losing a friendship over. No, it is politics, not. Politics, no politics is worth it. Um, so I, I understand, especially now, going back uh, briefly to uh, Anthony Atominic, he's doing this Trump insp- uh, impression that was around uh, 11 days before the election. And you could tell that people are tighter now. I'm yeah. sure six months ago it was just getting uproarious laughs. It was. And, and five months from now it's going to get uproarious laughs. Um it's just right now people are really intense. This is the most important. This is the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the coal is becoming a diamond and everything is becoming um, much sharper. And uh, but we're gonna we're almost there. We're almost done. Don't lose any uh, friendships over it. Definitely, Talk to your, it's it's fine. Yeah, don't lose any friendships. Don't lose any family. Uh, if you start getting to the point where uh, you might feel that happening with a friend or family member, you know what you do? Shut the fuck up. Stop talking about it. Remember why yeah. you love that person. And remember why that person is important to you. And just don't talk about politics with each other anymore. Just, just don't do it. Just be like spaceman, the next governor of I believe Vermont. The next cover, just switch the subject. <laughs> yeah, just, just start talking about the moon. Just landing. <laughs> or talk about baseball. However, it works. Just talk about the moon. That's it. That's it. That's what. That's yeah. what our advice is on the uh, going out of this episode. Just talk about the moon. Yeah, that's exactly. My girlfriend had to do that because her parents are they're discussing religion. Mm. So that's always fun. And I'm just so she's like, I think I'm just gonna tell them great, and then be like, and the Broncos are doing well. And just just <laughs> change the subject. Just change the subject. And that's why theater and sports and entertainment are so important. Yeah. Because we need to just change to one of those things, uh, uh, so not so not to ruin our family love, uh, discussing politics and our and our friendships and all those things. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening. You can find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks and on Instagram at Marcus Parks. I'm on, I'm on Instagram at Ben Kissel one. Never use it. Still don't know how. And Twitter at Ben Kissel. Please follow us. I gotta get these. Tw- I gotta get uh, gotta get the Twitter numbers up. Yeah. That's what they tell me anyway. I guess. I, I mean, know. I'm doing fairly well. Yeah, we're both doing pretty good. Yes. Um, and I do like to interact with everybody. And, of course, go to the Abe Lincoln's uh, Top Hat Facebook page. Um, you're going to enjoy it. It's good, lively discussion. It's as peaceful as it possibly can be, again, with seven days <laughs> left before a very polarizing election. Yeah. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost.
I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes.